Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Fairway Performance Podcast. We are up to episode four now, and in this episode, I'm going to cover off on five mistakes that I see golfers make in their uh, golf fitness training or or golf training programs. And essentially, the reason I want to cover off on these uh, nice and early in the episodes that are going out to you guys is so that uh, you're aware of them for now so that you don't make them in the future. Now, the, to kick things off, the first mistake that I see people make is that they don't follow an actual program. So what I see people do is they jump around between exercises they see on Instagram. Um, I get this all the time in my inbox, people saying they just follow like certain exercises and they want to have advice on how they should program them together or put them together, uh, which is exactly why I write the programs and actually have the app that goes out to people that uh, can help them with that side of things. So um, just knowing what exercises to do first and foremost is, is one thing, um, but how to group them together and how to program program them in a way so that someone's going to get a, an actual like tangible result from it uh, is something completely separate. And anyone can see the exercises on the internet. You can search anywhere you want. Uh, YouTube, you can search Instagram, probably TikTok has them. I don't have a TikTok account, but I'm assuming that they would have an absolute bucket load of exercises that you can follow off there. Um, but paying someone for the expertise of how to put those together into a program uh, is the thing that you, you should be looking for. So um, the yeah, the first mistake, not following a program. So the reason uh, most people fall into this one is they don't want to invest the money into doing it because they know they're not going to follow through with it. Um, where I, I can look at that from two different angles. So one, um, for someone like myself, like I do this and it's my business and my livelihood. So I obviously want people to subscribe to a program and my program to, to follow their golf programs. Um, but secondly, most people don't subscribe or join a program like that because they know they're not going to follow through with it and they haven't done it before um, because it's not engaging, it's not fun, uh, and it's not something that which has actually given them results because they themselves, they don't trust themselves to follow that program and stick it out long enough to actually get the result from it. So um, my advice, if you are looking and you're in the market for, for getting a, a training program or a golf program, uh, is just pick one like they are so inexpensive if you actually stick to them and do them and it gets you a, an amazing result um, especially one like mine it, it, it doesn't cost that much at all and you get a seven day free trial of it anyway so jump on and check it out and actually follow it for seven days uh, and see if you start to notice a, a benefit uh, immediately in that seven days which I, I pretty much guarantee most people um, that I'm targeting with my uh, app and my um, particular uh, way of programming for golfers is not a lot of them have actually done any exercise in the gym and it's their first bout of actually doing and following a program in the gym so I can almost guarantee in the first week they're going to start to notice a difference or, or feel a change. Um, so yeah, not following a program. Don't fall into that trap or, or that don't, uh, don't make that mistake. Uh, the next one. So mistake number two is they try and undo years of no training or not doing anything in the first, like say seven, 14, 21 or 28 days of the program. And then when they don't see that much of a result, they blame the program for not working. Um, so with this, so I run a gym in Sydney and I've you know run that for almost nine years now uh, and been in and amongst fitness for, for a very, very long time for the majority of my adult life or, or all of my adult life really. And the, the biggest thing that people do is they spend years, like maybe um, a client recently in my gym uh, came to us, he's in his 40s uh, and he hasn't played sport or done 
done any physical activities uh, since he was at university. So that's probably like 22 to 24 years old was the last time that he stepped foot in a gym and did anything physical. Uh, and he's now 40 years old. So if you can, and, and this guy is, um, he's very wealthy. Um, he's made a, a lot of money and he's at a point in his life where he doesn't have to work anymore um, because he's gone so hard at building his wealth, but he's sacrificed his health so much um, that now coming back into it, he's just noticing all these niggles and um, you know, these things are starting to show up that never did. And he's really surprised at his lack of ability to do a lot of things that he used to be able to do quite easily uh, in his early 20s. So um, my advice when you're starting out is if you've spent the last 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years of being sedentary and not doing stuff in the gym, don't expect to undo all of that, um, you know, for lack of a better term, sedentariness. Uh, don't expect to undo all of that in the first, you know, 7, 14, 21 or 28 days. Uh, it is going to take some time. Um, how long is it going to take? Well, that, how long is a piece of string? How many times a week are you training? What program are you following? What intensity are you putting into it? Um, obviously, the the more you put into something not necessarily physically but the more effort you put into something so you might follow a program three times a week you might also be doing nutrition work you might also be following a good plan for hydration and you might also be following a really good sleep regimen that's obviously going to compound the results and reduce the amount of time that it's going to take you to get a result um, so yeah don't go into something expecting such an immediate fast change and this instant gratification uh, that most of our culture has these days Go into it with a long-term approach that over a period of you know 90 days or 180 days or 270 with nine months or or even 12 months like uh, the, just expect that it's going to take that long to start to see some real real benefit and and some really significant changes uh, in one your golf or your fitness or your health um, if you haven't done something for a long time so you're not going to undo years of training or, or undo years of no training I should say uh, in the first little while. Uh, the next one is, or point number three, is uh, they're not starting with strength and mobility work. So um, a lot of uh, people who start out with a gym, they think that some sort of um, hit class or high-intensity class or endurance-based activity is going to be the one that uh, helps them lose the most weight because it's the one that expends the most calories uh, and also gets them doing the most amount of work in a short period of time. Um, in the short term, that might work really well because obviously you're putting out a whole lot of calories and if you're not putting in more calories or, or you're decreasing the amount of calories, then there's going to be a really big deficit there and you might notice a really good weight loss change or, or weight loss result in the short term. Um, but what these sorts of programs lack if, if they haven't got strength and mobility work in there is your long-term potential for progress is severely limited because you're starting with such a low base of strength if you're going into an activity uh, that you're literally the strength that you have going into it is going to limit how far or what potential you have in the future. The thing that I'm saying uh, we should be doing or we want people to be doing, and, and I definitely do this in my gym and definitely in the golf programs within the Fairway Performance app, is there always, always needs to be an underlying um, current moving towards uh, strength work and building foundational strength in squatting, pressing, deadlifting, and hinging movements, uh, or deadlifting and hinging are the same thing, um, but squatting, pressing, and hinging movements, I, I should say, 
Uh, we've always got the underlying current of working on those and also trying to increase our range of motion or our mobility. So range of motion is, uh, for example, if you um, stick your leg out in front of you and you're sitting down and you try and draw big circles with um, your big toe, that's mobility of your ankle. So that's range of motion around a joint um, versus if you sit down flat or even if you're just standing tall and you just keep your legs straight and reach for your toes, that's our flexibility. So that's the flexibility of your hamstring um, and other parts of the leg in order for you to get down there, maybe even your lower back as well to, to touch your toes. So increasing range of motion not only increases flexibility, but will also increase our mobility. Uh, and we need to be working on strength and mobility because if we can move through a larger range of motion and we're strong or stronger getting stronger over time through that larger range of motion then we have the potential to be so much fitter uh, and the the really quick and, and simple example i like to use here is uh, most people have heard of a burpee or know what burpees are and let's say uh, on day one you go into the gym and you have to do 10 burpees as fast as you can and it's literally really difficult to, to do like say two reps like the first rep you can just push up with a little bit of speed because your chest strength isn't too good uh, then the second rep you start to slow down because you're already starting to fatigue because your chest isn't very strong at all and then the third rep fourth rep fifth rep they all just start to deteriorate and get so much slower because you have uh, just very limited strength in the chest uh, let's compare that to going uh, through a program for a period of time and we work on building strength through the chest through um, different movements like we do some push-ups and we do some bench press and we do some other bits and pieces even if your cardio doesn't improve at all like you literally do no cardio at all the person who does that strength work is going to be able to do the 10 burpees faster than the person who did no strength work at all at the start now, that has been proven so many times to me in the gym. Um, if someone comes in with a really good base of strength, their potential to increase their fitness over time is significantly more than the person who comes in who really struggles to pick up a 12-kilo kettlebell, for example, um, and you know just pick it up and walk around the room once because um, it falls out of their hand or they can't pick it up in the first place, um, but they're, they're just not, not strong enough to, to do that task. Um, so... Starting with strength and mobility and always having an underlying uh, tone of that in your program uh, needs to be there. Uh, I know it's not sexy. I know it's hard work. And I know that it's like really challenging um, in order to do that. And everyone gets really scared of heavy weights. Um, but there's you know different ways that we can program them and different ways and sets and reps that we can go about doing that. Uh, and I'll even talk a little bit about sets and reps when we get to point number five. Um, cool. The next point. So number four is... Um, people expecting changes to happen straight away and being disappointed after the um, first round of golf. So slightly different to um, point number two that I was talking about before where um, people are expecting significant changes in their body to happen um, you know, overnight um, after they go in and start training. Um, this one is more geared towards um, expecting changes to happen on the course straight away. Uh, and being disappointed after the, the first round when they play badly out on the course so their performance um, isn't improving because they've done you know a week's worth of gym sessions now the reason we can't expect you know big things to happen straight away especially when we're just starting out is let's be honest there's probably if you've not done any training before and you're just moving into going to the gym for the first time there's probably going to be some level of soreness there and uh, you know, getting used to the activity that you, you're stressing the body with in the gym. 
Um, so, you know, you might be a little sore, or you might be a little tight in certain areas, it might hinder your ability to play, um, all this type of gear, which is why I never suggest to someone if they're, you know, two or four weeks out from like their club championships and they want to play better to start a strength and conditioning program. You know, mobility work might be the best thing for them. And then once they get to a phase of their golf where it's not as important and they're just in practice mode uh, and they can afford to be sore and have some not so good rounds, that would be a great time to start a strength and conditioning program because they can afford to be a little sore uh, and they can afford to experiment with like what days they train on. And um, if you want to know a little bit more about this, like how to balance uh, out your, your golf and, and what days to play and train and, and just some strategies and ideas around that, uh, you can go back to one of the previous episodes of this. Um, there's only This is the fourth episode, so there's only three others that you can choose from to look through. Um, but I talk about balancing uh, training and playing golf um, because that's a really big topic that a lot of uh, golfers who first get in touch with me ask about. Um, and then also those who are a little further into it and wanting to step up their training, um, just where they should be fitting the extra sessions in or, or should it be like extra strength or mobility work based on their individual circumstances. So um, yeah, the fourth point, what I'm trying to get across here is don't expect changes to happen straight away uh, on the course because you've got a little bit of adjusting and getting used to to happen. And it takes time for obviously changes to happen. Now, what can happen really fast is um, swing speed. Um, one of one of the really cool things is if you're not currently doing any work on your swing speed, then uh, I've had I've run challenges before, swing speed challenges, where I've had clients literally in four weeks of training increase their maximum swing speed with a speed stick uh, by 19 miles an hour. Um, now, there's a lot of reasons why that person gained that much in such a short space of time. Um, in in short to say uh, why they did is because they had literally done no training before that uh, it was the first time they got on the speed sticks um, and every single week they just improved by a few miles an hour um, and you know over a four-week period that ended up being 19 miles an hour in total so um, if it's a, a very new stimulus to the body and we're you know firing it faster and building coordination and and training speed and plyometric type work then we can make very big changes how long those changes hang around for though is going to be determined by how long you stick with the training program. Uh, for example, if you have never done training before, you do it for four weeks and then you literally fall off the uh, at the back end of it and you don't do any more speed training, then you can expect those gains to diminish very rapidly uh, and go back down to maybe just a, a touch faster speed than, than what you had before you actually started. You probably never go all the way back down because your body's been exposed to moving quicker. Um, but it's one of those things that you will deteriorate rapidly uh, and you need to be constantly working on uh, whether it's through speed work or whether it's through heavy weights to build speed and, and type 2 fibers and that type of thing. Uh, and if you want to know more about that specific topic, um, again, you can go back and listen to one of the previous episodes where I actually break down how to do um, overspeed versus overload training and, and how that works. Uh, now, the fifth point, um, this, is, this is one that really, really um, frustrates me as a coach because uh, it just, it literally, everything is mapped out for you in a training program and you literally just have to follow the sets and reps. Um, the body doesn't care how it, you know, how, how the workout makes it feel. Like the body is a, a simple uh, biological organism that will adapt to the stimulus that you present it with. So if you are someone who constantly um, 
you know, barrages your body with doing runs, your cardiovascular system is probably going to be very, like, very amazing or, or amazing. And uh, you're probably not going to be very explosive and fast and strong and powerful because in order to get better at cardio and running long distances and doing something over and over and over repetitive, uh, you are not training any of the energy systems for speed and power. And you're also not training the body to fire the muscles, which uh, will build speed and power in the body. So you're not lifting heavy weights and you're not doing over speed work. You're just doing slow, monotonous work just continuously. So the body is really good at adapting to what you give it. Uh, the, the, desire, the, the result that you get will be based on the stimulus that you provide the body or the adaptation you get will be based on the stimulus that you provide the body. Now, um, the the reason it sort of frustrates me is because I'll see um, clients not understand the basics of sets and reps and how things are programmed and they'll go into a program and if something's programmed for three sets of five and to move really quickly. So uh, an example of this, uh, one exercise that I program a bit is uh, plyometric push-ups. Uh, and I have people do them at varying heights depending on how strong and powerful they are. Um, but as a base example, if someone had a, a bench or a plyometric box and they were literally on a 45-degree angle to make it easier for them to do the push-up and they had their hands on top of the box and feet on the ground, um, they could do five reps really easily. Um, but you don't get too fatigued from it because you're moving really quickly. It's explosive. Uh, you might get slightly puffed by the fifth rep. Um, probably not unless you, you're quite unfit. Um, but the five reps are not you're not really going to feel like you did a massive amount of work but what we're trying to do there is we're trying to move every rep of those five at a hundred percent or as close to or over a hundred percent of your like pressing potential and power um, output the the way that people come unstuck with this is they'll see that and they'll go oh well the five reps didn't make me tired or I wasn't sore the next day so the next time they go in they'll do it until failure and then what happens there is someone does three sets of um, 10 reps by the fifth sixth seventh rep they're starting to reach a little bit of fatigue so the eighth or the seventh maybe eighth ninth tenth rep are all at about you know 90 percent 88%, 86, 82, and then 78% of their max effort. So they've done five really good reps at 100% output and they've like pushed a lot of power and effort into it. And then the last five reps have just undone all that work because they've literally just gone to failure and they've moved from strength, power, speed training into hypertrophy training. But they will feel sore the next day. They'll feel tired the next day because their muscles are a little fatigued from doing that. Uh, but the adaptation that you're going to get from that is you're going to be uh, growing muscle and actually gaining muscle because you've torn it down through the hypertrophy and it's going to try and grow back bigger and stronger if you fuel it correctly versus uh, teaching the 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 mind-muscle connection to fire faster by doing three sets of five. So um, when people don't understand this or um, it's exactly why I have um, program descriptions in all of the programs that I have on the Fairway Performance app so that people um, can understand the intent and the desired stimulus from each of the workouts and why we're doing the certain sets and reps and, and the reasons they're sort of structured that way. 
uh, so they can get buy into doing it and understand why they're doing it because then there's a, a lot better compliance with actually following that. So not a lot of people stray too much who have actually read the program guide. Um, the only time I run into problems is when someone hasn't read the program guide and they want to add more reps because they didn't feel tired or sore. Uh, and then I tell them to go back and read it and they're like, oh, actually, I understand that now. So I'm going to stick to it. Um, and you know they start to get better results over time. Um, so uh, long story short, um, the fifth mistake is changing the program as you go without understanding what the sets and reps are and why they are to be done that way. So the stimulus is important because whatever stimulus we impose on the body, we're going to get an adaptation, which is a result of that stimulus. So um, just think about that as you are doing um, the, the different exercises or the different reps and set uh, ranges that coaches give to you or you follow in, in my app. Um, because each of them is written with an intention and a reason to do it. Um, so follow along. And by all means, um, there's a direct messaging feature within the Fairway Performance Training app that I use, and people can message me in there. And that's a great place for people to hit me up with questions like this. Um, if you need to make an exercise like that, uh, plyometric push-up harder, um, because you can do five so easily that it's like not even that hard, um, then we can talk about strategies to make that exercise harder. Uh, because not only can we make things easier, but we can also scale them up massively to make them really difficult, uh, depending on what level you're at. So um, hopefully um, those you know five uh, mistakes that people make or all mistakes that I've seen others make, uh, you can learn something from those and there's a bit of a takeaway there. And um, if there's any questions with any of them as well, then um, feel free to, to talk to me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Sean, S-H-A-U-N, dot diakoff spelled d-i-a-c-h-k-o-f-f um, and you can also jump into the fairway performance training app which is linked uh, through my instagram or if you go onto fairwayperformance.com um, you can also check out the app page on there and sign up and get yourself a seven-day free trial and take a look through the app and just see how i've structured the programs what the program guides say uh, and get a better understanding of how to go about following a golf fitness program um, because it's going to help a lot uh, with your future training. So um, just to quickly recap, the first mistake I see is not following a program. So jumping between exercises they see on Instagram rather than uh, buying or picking a program and just sticking to it from A to Z. Uh, the next mistake is trying to undo years of no training or not doing anything um, to, to fix that in the first 7, 14, 21, or 28 days uh, in terms of their body or body composition or muscle mass or whatever it is. Um, if you've spent a long time being unfit, expect it to take a fair bit of time to get back to being fit. Uh, if that's been a bit shorter for you and you've only been you know, out of shape for a little while, um, you can probably expect to gain that, that fitness back a lot faster than someone who, who spent a bit more time in the unfit state. Uh, the third one is not starting with strength and mobility work or not having an underlying strength and mobility focus in your golf training program for the long term, um, just going straight into the sexy fun stuff um, because we require a really good base level of strength to have the potential to be fitter, faster, stronger, more powerful uh, in the future. So we always need to be building our strength in some way, shape or form. Uh, the fourth mistake is expecting changes to happen in their golf game overnight um, based on the work that they're doing in the gym. Uh, there's going to be some sort of phase where you're feeling that out. So just be patient um, and you know it, it will work. Like I guarantee it works. Otherwise, you know the best players in the world wouldn't be following fitness and training programs. 
then the last one is changing the program as you go. So changing the sets, changing the reps based on how you feel or wanting to get certain and different things out of it without fully understanding why each thing is programmed the way it is uh, and why the coach has set out the the plan uh, and, the, and the program exactly with the sets and reps that it has. So um, I really hope that you gain some information from that. I hope that some of these mistakes others have made, you don't make yourself in the future. Um, and if you have any questions, then yeah, hit me up on Instagram, on uh, my website, fairwayperformance.com. Um, and I'd love to chat. Um, also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, you can get in touch with me via either of those channels as well. And I'd love to chat and um, talk about you know different topics I could uh, run on this podcast uh, or even different guests that I can uh, have on the show to add value to you guys uh, listening in. Um, so thanks for that, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode.